think sometimes we can fear if we talk about it too much or if we take too much action or too much intention that it's actually going to make things worse uh, if we work really hard to make sure that people are represented. And actually what's happening is it is the opposite. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. having these really interesting conversations with people about the idea of normalizing, which is connected to the idea of representation and how important it is for people to see themselves everywhere, whether that be uh, in TV and film, whether that be in sport, whether that be in commercials, whether that be in movies. Uh, Just so important uh, to make sure that we are pursuing as a culture. So there are a couple of things that keep coming up that I wanted to share with you guys today. One is a story about uh, ESPN. So my husband and I are, um, we have a couple of shows on ESPN that we watch religiously uh, in the afternoons. One of them is a show called PTI and one of them is a show called Highly Questionable. And we love these shows and we just kind of, you know, watch them after we get home from work. There was a point where I was talking to David, my husband, and I said, ESPN seems to be really leading the way here in representation. There was a time uh, where in entertainment and media, uh, particularly sports shows for sure, that there was really a lack of representation. Most of the people that were doing play-by-plays or um, personalities on ESPN were uh, usually male and usually of majority white American population. And now it's really interesting that, um, particularly on this one show that we watch, it is just a normal thing to see uh, different kinds of people anchoring so many of these shows on sports TV. I mean, it, it's it's so incredible to me to be able to see uh, people that look like me, people that look like my friends uh, on some of these shows. One of the shows, uh, Highly Questionable, I think one, one day there were uh, three Latin people on the show who were doing the broadcasting. There was the host who was Cuban, Uh, There was another person on there who I believe uh, was from Puerto Rico. And then there was another person on there whose uh, heritage was Dominican. And I thought, this is just amazing that even on this show, um, on a major network, that you would have three uh, people from Latin culture on this show. Similarly, uh, on the same show, there was a a point where you had the host who was Cuban, uh, another one of the guests who was female, uh, young, younger white girl 
another guest who was female, Korean-American, and then another guest who was female as well. And the idea that there were uh, women on these sports shows and that the women were the majority was really amazing. It's obvious to me that um, in many ways ESPN uh, has really been leading this in such a beautiful way. I also remember the point where uh, I started to be surprised by the thought that I had that, oh my gosh, there are uh, non-majority people who are anchoring and being the personality on some of these major TV shows. I mean, one of the, I think it's Football Highlights in America has, uh, or for a long time, had three African-American men who were anchoring that show by themselves. And that was just really amazing to see as someone in the country who's non-majority. Um, the idea of normalizing people through representation is so powerful. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, because of the way that we tend to talk about race and ethnicity in this country, and I've mentioned it before, that we don't always have a uh, positive model or a positive framework with which to speak about race and ethnicity in the in in the country. That I think sometimes we can fear if we talk about it too much, or if we take too much action or too much intention, that it's actually gonna make things worse uh, if we work really hard to make sure that people are represented. And actually what's happening is it is the opposite. When you have people that are represented in these different places, these places that are very public, these places that um, require a sense of uh, knowledge and understanding and expertise about what they're doing, that it actually helps the culture not think about race so much because there are all these different kinds of people who are being represented and it becomes normal. The second thing about normalizing that I wanted to just share is I was on the phone with a, a conference organizer and one of the things that they had mentioned was a couple of years ago um, they had brought somebody in to talk about uh, diversity uh, in faith communities and it went really sideways and people left offended and uh, misunderstanding and uh, confusion and all these things that was surrounding this person coming. And so the conference organizer had a bit of a flinch factor of bringing someone in to talk about diversity again. And one of the conversations that we had on the phone that day was the idea of normalizing. And I encouraged this person to think a bit broader when it comes to inviting speakers into a conference setting have these non-majority speakers come in and talk about something that has nothing to do with race and culture. I mean, on the one hand, uh, it's, I mean, it's why people like me have a job, right? Um, it is important that people have a voice in uh, sharing and teaching others about how to be more co culturally competent. However, if what happens in historically monocultural organizations or historically monocultural conferences or events or workshops is if you only bring in non-majority speakers to talk about race and culture, well, then we end up being pigeonholed into this is the only thing that we can talk about. And then that in itself actually does exacerbate the problem because uh, most 
of your non-majority speakers, they also want you to know and they want organizers to know that we have a lot of experience talking about a range of things. And when it comes to our work, there are uh, places in work life that we do have expertise in and we would love to share that as well. And we don't always have to talk about or be the ones to talk about uh, diversity in whatever the context is. So I say all that today as just um, just an awareness for you if you're listening today, um, just an awareness that as you plan things um, and you want people to be involved, just make sure that um, you're not only asking uh, different types of people into your context of work and life just to talk about their own culture or just to talk about an ethnic come from, but that you allow them to talk about things that are just innately human, innate to the human experience um, and something that we can all connect with together. Anytime we can find common ground, it's a beautiful thing. Just remember that the intentionality behind normalizing education entertainment, platforms, conferences, all, all of this will actually move us forward, not backwards, in our pursuit of a more multicultural life and more multicultural work. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.